At the Pass is sponsored by City Seltzer. Flavorful, refreshing, and delicious sparkling water made for everyone right here in Ottawa. Non-alcoholic and available in four delicious flavors, City Seltzer is naturally calorie and sugar-free. My favorite is the orange cream flavor. It's refreshing and delicious, but not overly sweet. It's like they found the perfect balance of flavor and carbonation to create a satisfying alternative to alcohol or soda. It is genuinely thirst-quenching, and I really enjoy it. Every can of City Seltzer supports Ottawa Riverkeepers and their mission to keep the watershed clean for all generations and all species. City Seltzer is the perfect drink for working at the pass, between beers, or anytime. Order your cans at cityseltzer.ca or find them at better grocery stores, cafes, and restaurants around town. City Seltzer. All bubbles, no troubles. This episode is also brought to you by North and Navy Olive Oil. Since Chris and I opened Nona, it's always been a dream of ours to offer high-quality olive oil under our brand. It was important to us not just to repackage something that you could get at any grocery store, and we finally made a connection that allowed us to do just that. Aurelius is a local company that imports olive oil directly from a single farm north of Rome. The first time we tasted the product, we knew it was unique. It reminds us of olive oil that we've tasted on our travels to Italy. And the reason for this is pretty simple. Freshness. Olive oil is a simple product. There are not a lot of interventions. The compounds that make olive oil taste great are incredibly volatile. They don't like sun, they don't like heat, and they definitely break down over time. Because this product comes directly to Ottawa, there's not a lot of hours spent in warehouses. We receive small amounts, bottle them, Chris usually puts the wax on himself, and then they go straight to you. So if you're looking to step up your olive oil game, you can buy it at North and Navy on our website or at boroughshop.bucipop.com. Hello and welcome to At The Pass. I'm your host, Adam Vetterell, and this is a show about the Ottawa restaurant scene for the Ottawa restaurant scene. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back. I wanted to take a few moments to relaunch the podcast and apologize for the long delay. It goes without saying that the last few months or even years have been pretty wild for anyone in the hospitality industry, and I definitely started feeling it on a personal level. Pausing the podcast was an easy way to free up some time, and I honestly didn't think anyone would notice. So the first thing I would like to do here is to thank everyone who took the time to send me an email or a private message on social media asking about future episodes. Some of you even mentioned something in person when our paths crossed, and it meant a lot to me knowing that people were listening. Most people who reached out had suggestions for people I might have a conversation with, and I've definitely been keeping a list, and I hope to get to all of them. At the beginning of the pandemic, I did an episode where I hopelessly tried to predict how our industry would be affected and how I felt our leaders could help. I also had a bunch of other thoughts that I had spinning around my head that I just sort of blurted out. And recording that episode was basically a way for me to get my thoughts out during a crazy time. There was a lot of questions coming in from journalists asking me what I thought was going to happen, and I didn't really have good answers for them, so I figured I'd try to get them all out in one place on my own platform. It's crazy to think that two years later, not much has changed. There's still more questions than answers. That episode was one of the most popular ones I recorded, and it also generated the most feedback, so I thought I would relaunch a podcast with another one. As with the first crack at this, most of what you hear are my opinions, and I'll try to avoid stating facts that I'm not qualified to verify one way or the other. My goal here is to talk my way through some of the challenges our restaurant faced since I stopped recording episodes. If this sort of thing is not interesting to you, I'm also releasing a standard episode about the past today where I interview Chef Alex Bim about his new restaurant, La Poisson Bleu. Feel free to stop here and skip straight to that. It's a great conversation, and Alex is truly bringing something exciting to Ottawa. My business partner, Chris, and I had signed the lease for a new space at Cantina Gia about a month before the pandemic changed everything. For the first year, it gave us time to create a space and a menu that we wanted without pressure to get open for anything other than takeout. Overall, that wasn't the worst thing, but as time dragged on, it started to get stressful. 
The bank accounts needed full dining rooms, and our team needed to build systems and patterns. It's hard to train new cooks and servers when we were never able to string two weeks together that were the same as the two that preceded them. Episodes of this podcast stopped just as things started to reopen again, and it was important for me to be in the kitchen far more often. In any new restaurant, there are thousands of kinks to be ironed out, but you never know what they are until you get busy for a while. It finally happened, and I had an incredible time working with some great cooks and chefs, refining the vision and building a professional kitchen culture. From takeout only, to half capacity, to full capacity, checking vaccine passports and enforcing mask mandates, most of the people who listen to this are in the industry, so I'm sure you don't need to be told that the changes were constant. Emotions and anxiety were high, and everything was a lot harder than it needed to be. As I record this, we are two days into lifting of the mask and about a month into no longer being required to check vaccine passports. This should be a time for celebration, but it doesn't feel that way, and this is where I'm going to insert my opinion. The complete lack of leadership from our provincial government has created an unnecessarily binary way of looking at this pandemic. It has divided us at a time when we all need to be working together to protect the most vulnerable among us from a once-in-a-hundred-year event. There are very few places on earth that lock down as long and as strict as Ontario. Restaurants were closed longer than almost anywhere else. Children under 12 were told to wear masks when their counterparts in Western Europe were never asked to do so. By almost every measure, Ontario residents sacrificed more than anyone else to keep our communities safe. For all this pain, did we experience better health outcomes than other places? Did fewer old people die? Did our hospitals fare better? Are our nurses and doctors less frustrated than those in Florida or Alberta? Nope. There are lots of different ways you can measure this, but overall, we are at best middle of the pack. The reasons for this are complicated and far above my pay grade, but the short answer is that lockdowns are an emergency measure that buys time to roll out long-term solutions. Increasing hospital capacity, increasing testing capacity, administering vaccines, distributing masks, there are lots of tools in the toolkit that can keep a community safe without resorting to the harshest and most damaging recourse. At no point did we ever get to the next step of this process. We never got to feel the benefits of living in the future. Fortunately, despite the lack of leadership, the people of Ontario have done their part. Right now, Canada is one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, and Ottawa in particular is one of the most vaccinated cities on earth. You would think that this would have allowed us to ignore the crazy anti-vaxxers and start moving on, but nothing is ever that simple. On January 22nd, the trucker convoy arrived and blocked streets in our downtown core, exactly as they said they would. We watched them live-stream their progress towards our city, and our mayor and our police chief did absolutely nothing to stop them or prevent them from getting their giant rigs into the downtown core. North and Navy was one of the many businesses that had to close because of the occupation. The great irony is that Doug Ford had lifted the mandates that week, so we were closed, but not because of COVID restrictions, but because of the self-described freedom fighters. As a resident of Centertown, I lived among these people for three weeks. There had been lots of attempts by their apologists to sanitize the occupation, but what I witnessed was disgusting. Yes, the feeling at the hill on Wellington was a party with hot tubs and pizza ovens, but once you headed down the side streets, the darker side of the movement revealed itself. People who fall down the conspiracy rabbit hole don't just stop at one. Once you allow your brain to believe the unbelievable, the floodgates open and everything is on the table. There were Confederate flags, Gladson flags, three percenters, Alex Jones bumper stickers, and every other symbol of hate and ignorance that you can think of. Anyone wearing a mask was fair game to be harassed and assaulted. The city became their toilet and the police watched it all and did nothing. So here we are. We should be on the home stretch of this pandemic. That's not to say it should be gone. That's not how viruses work, but we should be good at dealing with it by now. We shouldn't be at a point where we ask our children to keep our old people safe. A city as vaccinated as Ottawa shouldn't feel divided, but it does. Our leaders contradicted and failed so often that we don't trust them. When Doug Ford says take your mask off and stop checking vaccine statuses, no one feels relieved. 
As restaurateurs, we are all put in a horrible situation. Better leadership would have prevented us from being put here. Had Ontario been led by competent people who genuinely seemed to want to prevent the worst outcomes of a deadly pandemic, but also wanted to avoid the worst consequences of a heavy-handed lockdown, then we would all believe them when they tell us it's safe to take off our masks and not check vaccine statuses. When the vaccine passports were lifted, it was clearly a capitulation to the truckers. No matter how you feel about the restrictions, you have to acknowledge that Doug Ford made that announcement because he was worried about losing votes, and no other consideration even entered into it. From that point of view, it's easy to see why those who were not feeling comfortable in public to begin with did not feel comforted by the Premier's decision. It's important to let that sink in for a minute. The elected Premier of our province makes a public health decision in the middle of a pandemic, and the majority of the population second-guess him. At our restaurant, we decided to keep checking vaccine statuses, and the vast majority were either openly supportive of the decision or at least understanding of why we'd make it. At a time when leadership was most important, we had the worst possible people at all levels of government. We live in a province that failed us dramatically during a pandemic. They forced us to make all the sacrifices, and they never did anything meaningful on their end to improve things. Hospitals never pivoted, but everyone else had to. They didn't hire new nurses or get schools the tools they needed to stay open safely. We live in a city that can't build a train, a technology that is over 200 years old, escapes the skill set of our city managers, mayor, and city council. Our city can't prevent a protest that drove here from Alberta, and our police can't arrest them for breaking laws once they get here. If it wasn't for Zexy Lee, we'd probably still be listening to them. As a small business owner, restaurants had to reinvent themselves constantly. We had to care for our staff, we had to keep our customers safe, and we had to keep our heads above water for two years, while well-paid people failed almost every challenge they were presented with. During the pandemic, I participated in multiple charity organizations organized by chefs and restaurant people who, despite being in the middle of the biggest professional challenge of their lives, still found a way to help out those whose situations was even worse than theirs. This was happening while our public health officials stumbled pathetically to distribute desperately needed vaccines. Eventually, a group of volunteers used social media to do their jobs for them. Vaccine Hunters was an initiative that filled gaps left open by people who make six figures and never missed a single paycheck during the pandemic. I love this industry and I love the people who populate it. The whole point of this podcast is to showcase the amazing people who push our industry forward and think of everyone else first and themselves second. We are far from perfect and I hope to have many conversations here about what is wrong and how we can fix it. But let's never forget the leadership role many restaurateurs played at a time that they could have justifiably been hiding away and worrying about their own problems. If only a few of us had become engineers, perhaps our city might have a working train. Thank you for listening to At The Pass. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave a nice review. And feel free to get in touch. My email is adam at northandnavy.com. Thank you.